Hello, dear friend, and welcome. My name is Cynthia Alice Anderson, and I'm the owner and founder of the Experience of the Soul podcast channel. I have been so honored to be able to offer these programs several days a week, and these programs I know are inspiring, they are supporting, and they are uplifting your life's journey. I want to see that continue, and I honor you for being a part of making that happen. So for over five years, we've been able to offer these programs, and we want to continue to be able to offer them. So over the next 90 days, we are raising $9,000, and that's going to get us all the way through the end of the year. So I ask you to consider taking the time to support the channel that supports you. And again, our goal that we're asking you to be a part of is $9,000 in 90 days. And we look forward to hearing from you, friend. We're honored to support your journey. And we always are lifting you in prayer for God's highest and best in your life. Blessings on the journey, dear friend. And I look forward to seeing you very soon. Welcome to Healing Your Family Legacy here on the Experience of the Soul podcast channel. Innovative, evidence-based recovery that helps to identify intergenerational trauma, allowing for freedom and embracement of the healing process. Today, episode 149, Gratitude, part two. And now your host, Dr. Donna Bevanley. And this is Dr. Donna Bevanley, Healing Your Family Legacy. Last time I was talking about gratitude and uh, how, you know, really looking at the things that you might be able to be grateful for, not just like rote. <laughs> okay, it's like I used to, when I first started this, gratitude listing, because it kind of helps you. Stay out of your, you know, difficult parts of your brain when you're thinking about the things you're grateful for. And I'd go, well, I'm grateful for, you know, my wife. I'm grateful for my son. I'm grateful for, you know. And it's like, well, of course. <laughs> but when I really start thinking about gratitude and what, you know, it's like if it's a, if you have this become a spiritual practice, you're really thinking about your, you know, the intricacies of your life and things that might seem, you know, sometimes things that you just take advantage of, like getting up out of a chair. There are many people who cannot do that without assistance. And if you can do that, you're in good shape. I mean, good for you. But it's also okay to be grateful. You know, when I said that when you do a gratitude list, and, you know, that just sounds corny, gratitude list. But a gratitude list, meaning that you're not just listing things, but you're thinking about what in my life am I grateful for? And, you know, coming up on uh, Christmas, we're coming up on, you know, December is all, you know, it's like it's. I've noticed that it's all Christmas. It's not just one day. <laughs> it's like every day is a day of Christmas. Um, it's like thinking about 
the you know what you might be grateful for. If you are a Christian person, you're probably grateful that Jesus Christ was born. Uh, if you are, you know, if you're not a Christian, you might be grateful for you know other things. Like if you're Jewish and you're and you are celebrating Hanukkah. I hope that you're not terribly impacted by the war that the Hamas has started and that your people are safe. Um, I would be really grateful if that thing got resolved. Um, so, but if you are here and you're safe and you are celebrating Hanukkah, Hopefully, you're thinking also about what you're grateful for. Hey, how about you're here and you're safe? Um, I think about that. It's like, I'm here and I'm safe. And, you know, that makes me feel grateful. Because there are so many places where people are not safe. I mean, I feel like, now I don't really do this anymore because of mainly COVID, but I don't go to large groups. I don't go hang out in large groups because of COVID. But, you know, I know that, like, for instance, my son and my daughter-in-law, they like to go to some, sometimes, not frequent, um, uh, like a music festival. And I'm fairly certain that they'll be safe there. I know that if you're in the Vegas one, you're not, you weren't safe there, but most of the time we're safe. Nobody's going to come in, kill them, take them hostage, and then I'm not going to see them. That just doesn't happen here. I am really grateful for that. We don't have countries or, you know, enemies who are attacking us. I can go to bed at night and with a reasonable expectation know that I'm going to wake up in the morning and I'll be safe. And, you know, that might seem, you know, like something that, well, of course you will. So why should you be grateful for that? I'm really grateful for that. <laughs> you know, I don't spend a lot of time on the news because I don't like to clutter up my brain with negativity. But I know when main things are going on in the world, and and I am aware of them. And, you know, I'm grateful that I'm not in Ukraine. I'm grateful that I'm not in the Middle East. I have gratitude that, you know, I can go and, you know, if I feel like it, I can decide that I want to go visit another country or visit another state or, you know, and I'm Fairly, you know, sure that I'll be safe. I've, I've been doing it for years. So I have gratitude about that. If you really think about all the things you're grateful for, you can just really, you know, go on. You know, the fact that I can do a big crossword puzzle, <laughs> I feel grateful about that. Because I know that there are people who cannot. And so, you know, even during the holiday season, when, yeah, you know, it's so funny because 
for years, I've heard, you know, when people talk about, oh, God, the holidays are coming up, it's like, get some joy around it. Or, you know, I we already, we listen to Christmas music as soon as Thanksgiving is over, like the day after. We listen to Christmas music. It's going on in our house. It's on our cars. And uh, so we, we love Christmas music. And and I had some, you know, somebody that came and said, hi, you've got Christmas music already? Oh, yes. You know, as soon as I can. Uh, I could do it all year if I wanted to, but then it wouldn't have that, you know, kind of special meaning for it. But, you know, most of it's filled with joy and hope and happiness and love and Sometimes, you know, if you want a hippopotamus for Christmas, well, okay, it's kind of goofy too sometimes, but it's not negative. It's positive. And it reminds me that at least, you know, where I live, that, uh, you know, in this country that I live in, the United States, that, um, Christmas time is a time where it's more likely that people will get along. We tend to get along better at Christmas. We tend to, you know, feel, you know, if you're a Christian, you're thinking about Jesus and Jesus' teachings. And, you know, just Jesus didn't say go out and have wars if you don't like your neighbors. Jesus didn't talk about killing your neighbor if you didn't like them or, you know, turning your back on them. And people, you know, when they tend to think about Christmas, they, they try and do more of that. Okay. It's like if toys for Todd's, we have, you know, special Christmas dinners, people who are less fortunate, you know, than you are. Um, we have, I talked about the Alcathons where, you know, people who are addicts or impacted uh, somehow by somebody in their family that's an addict can go 24 hours, this thing goes on, where people bring food, they fellowship, there's a meeting every hour if you want to go. Now, it doesn't happen all the time. It's just during holidays. And so, you know, you think about not like you, you think about what you have great gratitude for, even in the Christmas holiday. You don't have to have it just be Thanksgiving. You can start to do this every day. But, you know, Christmas is a time where, you know, to me, it's about, it's about family and friends and the people that, love you and care for you, like I was talking about before, and finding ways to let each other know what you mean to them. And, you know, for me, like what my, you know, it's like I'm loving having a little grandson who gets it now because, you know, if I get him a gift, he'll know what that's about. <laughs> you know, it's like, he doesn't really care for gifts like clothing. He looks at it and says thank you and throws it on the ground because he's three. 
But, you know, if I give him some toy that he really likes, then he's, he always says, oh, this is my favorite. <laughs> Everything he opens, this is my favorite. And you can just see the delight in his eyes. And now I have two. But the other one, probably not going to be with it enough to get that. But anyway, it's a, you know, children tend to get pretty excited. And uh, I think that's pretty cool. I mean, if once a year, children get a toy, children get to feel special and magical, that's fine. It doesn't impact you as you grow up in a harmful way. You know, I always have talked before about you know, harmful consequences, or if children are abused, abandoned, neglected, that that impacts them in a harmful way for the rest of their lives. And so if children can feel like they're special or they, you know, that they have some meaning and some value in their lives, one, you know, one period of time out of the year, that's good. Now, some, sometimes when children are in distress, that is one thing that really helps them. So, you know, I think that the, um, the whole message, I, I, I don't think this, I've actually read it, that um, the whole message at Christmas time is peace on earth and goodwill towards one another. And that really is, you know, the focus, the message. And, you know, I would really like it, and I know a lot of us would if there really was, if it really was possible to have peace on earth. I don't have, I don't know if that could ever happen. Um, but, I can certainly feel it, you know, feel how much I would, you know, pray for that, having peace on earth. Um, because if we had peace on earth, there would be more goodwill. You know, for that. We can pray for that. We can wish for that. And to me, that's, that's what I would like, would be some peace, peace on earth, everyone that people wouldn't have to be afraid that if they went to sleep, they might not, you know, they might, terrible things might happen to them at night. And that doesn't need to be a war. Sometimes that could be sexual abuse. Peace on earth and feeling of safety and love and security. Now, I am going to talk a little bit about some of the pitfalls because there are some big ones. You've heard me talk about this before. There are some big ones when it comes to dealing with, dealing with, now I'm talking about holidays, and dealing with particularly Christmas. Because, like I said, Christmas happens for a whole, you know, it starts after Thanksgiving and it goes on until after New Year's pretty much. And... You know, we have this tradition in our country, and that's probably true for 
every nation that celebrates Christmas, Hanukkah, you know, all the, the religious holidays. And that is that we should get together with our family. And for many of us, that's probably a bad idea. Because uh, if you have family that, you know, your experience with them has been uh, that they abused you, abandoned you, neglected you, you know, disowned you, uh, thinks that you're worthless or less than, uh, then, you know, trudging off for, you know, to spend time with them at Christmas uh, when the expectations are high that you're going to have joy and happiness that might not be where you're going to find it. Um, I know in I have a big extended family. And after I came out, that group got very small. Very small. And it's still very small. Um, but I have friends who care for me more than my family. And I, you know, that brings joy to me that even if I can't be in that group, oh, I can. I mean, I have been in that group. And, you know, it's like everybody tiptoes around and, you know, thinks they're going to get, you know, I don't know, cursed with the gay bug or something. <laughs> Just because they're around me it's very weird um but you know i have friends I, I mean i could go there and i have been there um i haven't been there for years it's like the last time i visited family was when my mother died which was in 2019 but i have people in my life they care for me and love me. And, you know, in my world, this is a common thing where you come out and, you know, your family says, okay, you're out of here. <laughs> or we're just not going to treat you like we treat the others. We might, you know, we might accept you in a kind of condescending way. You're not really one of us, but, oh, dear, you're, you know, related. <clears throat> We caught. We have a term. I kind of got off track there. We have a term called family of choice. Now I know that you know gay people aren't the only ones that have to decide, or that wants to decide that they need to have a family and that their family of origin isn't it because it's too fraught with conflict. It's painful. You know, you end up in more despair, spending time with them, so you have a family of choice. Now, you know, being born into a family isn't a complicated thing. You're just born, okay? You don't, you can't choose them. You just have them. A family of choice takes time and energy and effort. And 
And and that family of choice might change a little bit. You know, your family of origin, it is what it is. And it'll probably be that way until the day you die. But a family of choice might change. You might add to it. You might, you know, it's like, oh, that's not working out so much. No. But your family of choice are people that you've spent time and energy cultivating relationship. Okay. So when you have a good friend, you spend time with them. You take, you care for them. So if they're sick or, you know, they're, they're in distress somehow, you make time to be there for them and to help them in ways that you can. Um, and they do the same thing back. That's an important piece. They do the same thing back. And I'm not talking about, you know, keeping score, okay? It's like, oh, well, I took a batch of cookies over to these guys, so if I don't get a batch back, you're not my friend anymore. That's not what I'm talking about. Family of choice, it's like you recognize that you feel loved by them. And that, you know, love is time, attention, and energy. You know, I can say that I love people. So that's, I love all of you, and I don't know you, but I love human beings. Yeah, that's why I went into the profession that I did. But, um, but the people that I spend time and tension and energy with, that's, that's the kind of love where, you know, you just feel like your heart is full when you're there and when you leave. They're the people who won't judge you. They're the people who won't get judgmental with you. They're the people who will try and have communication and, you know, re and they will be the ones who uh, will take time to talk to you if there's conflict or if they have an issue with you or even if they misread something and want to check it out with you. Those are kind of hard things to do. I, you know, we don't really teach people how to do that in their lives to, oh, you know, I noticed this. You said this or you did that. And here's how I read it. Here's how I the story made up about it. Here's, you know, how I felt about it. Am I just making that up? <laughs> or is that true? Right? I mean that because they might say, oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah. I, I don't, you know, I don't like that, whatever it is. And, you know, so you don't say, well, okay, then I'm out of here. It means, okay, is there some way we can resolve this or, deal with this or work with this so that I, you know, so that we can stay in our family of choice. You see, having a family of choice takes time and energy and effort. Family of origin is just what it is. You know, my family of origin, I knew 
But my mother loved me the best she could. I, you know, did I think she'd go to bat for me? Well, she did once or twice. Um, once she asked me if I was a queer. <laughs> that was that was when I was pretty young. Um, so that would be like, oh, trying to resolve an issue. But that's pretty much it. You know, um, I, ha you know, we obviously had a lot of issues. I know, though, that the people who are my family of choice, as scary as it might be or as uncomfortable as it might be, I'm willing to talk about conflicts that we might have. That's the best you can do. That, you know, that, if you have a family of origin that operates like that, good for you. It's probably a wonderful experience. Because if you can have a family of origin that actually cares for you, loves you, is there for you, I think that's really wonderful. And that you are back. I mean, when I say, you know, accepts you completely without judgment for who you are, that's wonderful. Then, you know, I if you have that, I congratulate all of you. But what I've noticed that even if you aren't in a family like mine where, well, being gay wasn't acceptable, so you're out of here, sometimes people grow up in families that are alcoholic or where, you know, there's constant fighting or where there's abuse, abandonment, or neglect. And, you know, there's, when you have not done enough work on those wounds to feel some healing around it, I've seen this, over, you know, so often. It's like, okay, this is the year I'm going to go back, and we're going to, you know, back to what I call the scene of the crime. I'm <laughs> going back home, quote, unquote, home. Uh, and this is the year that they'll love me. This is the year that we won't have all that conflict. This is the year that it'll be fun and people will, you know, love each other and care about each other. And then they go back and it's a cluster. And always, always baffled by it. <laughs> well, we'll try it again next year. <laughs> That, and guess what? It's the same thing happening over and over. So next time I'm going to talk about some ways that you might be able to work with that, if you must, go back to the scene of the crime for holidays. Thank you for listening to Healing Your Family Legacy here on the Experience of the Soul podcast channel. This channel is made possible because of listeners just like you. If you would like to support the channel with your tax-deductible contribution on an ongoing basis or through a one-time gift, head over to experienceofthesoul.com slash support. Healing Your Family Legacy is copyright 2023, Dr. Donna Bevan Lee, all rights reserved. Our theme music is composed by Dave Croft and used with permission. The Experience of the Soul podcast channel is a production of 818 Studios.